We use money daily and we fail to understand the basics of the asset. To refuse to inform yourself is to subscribe to financial tyranny perpetrated not by banks, corporations, government, or technology, but by those of us who use it yet fail to understand it. It is then that we agree to the terms and unknowingly turn our assets into liabilities, allowing our possessions to possess us. But it is time to change. Welcome to Money Geeks. Everything the Fed has been sharing thus far is that they will plan on purchases, reduce their balance sheet, and very likely hike up interest rates. The market has spoken, and we're seeing the prices of just about every asset keep going down on a regular basis. Some would argue that we are and have entered the bear market and that we are at the forefront of yet another recession, that only the change in the interest rates, official change in interest rates, is going to further cause that and cause even further downward spiral on the prices. In today's episode, we're going to focus on the impact on real estate and what the Fed increasing rates is going to do to mortgages, home affordability, the prices of homes, and so on. Let's get started to take a look at what the Fred is actually showcasing. In a quarter, the fourth quarter of 2021, we are actually seeing a bit of starting to dip in the prices, median sale prices of household in the U.S., we can also see that the 30-year mortgage rates have been steadily going up over the last uh, few months. And you can see that we are now anywhere between, it depends kind of where you look at it. So on this one piece by Zillow, I'm seeing that we're about 3.4 or so. On some of the other sites, I have seen where the mortgage rates are actually over 4%. One of the things that this means is that the affordability of the property is going to start going down. Now, that is going to affect the prices, and we can expect that the prices are starting to go down. We've actually seen them start to go down. That was potentially seasonal, but now we're getting a second wave of that, which is the increasing cost affordability of the homes. To help us understand what impact this has, we're going to take a look at Zillow Affordability Calculator. And right now it's making some assumptions here. Say that your annual income is $70,000. Here's the monthly debts. The down payment is $20,000. And so it calculates all kinds of interesting pieces. But here's one of the pieces to keep in mind. In 2020 and into early 2021, we've seen that the interest rates, you could actually get a 30-year loan for about two two and a half percent at two and a half percent with all of this annual income seventy thousand down payment twenty thousand interest rate at two point five you can afford a house that costs three hundred thirty three thousand four hundred eighty four dollars now if we increase this to three point five so we only increase at one percent you can see that we've lost roughly $30,000 in purchasing power. Everything else stayed the same. That's the only thing that we changed. So we went from $333,000 and some change to $305,000 and some change. Now, if we change this further to 4.0, uh, you can see that now we're below $300,000. Now, one of the things that when we look at the prices of properties, Yes, we'll look at the prices, but at the end of the day, 
honestly, what ends up happening is that individuals are not so focused on the price, but yet we're focused on one very interesting, and that is how much is it going to cost me per month? So in an instance, when we looked at $70,000 income, $20,000 down payment, and started to play around with the interest rates, the assumption is that we could afford $1,837 a month. But if we say that you can only afford, say, $1,500 a month, let's see what that brings us to. Clearly, I can only do $1,546, but let's say $1,546. At 4%, you can only afford a house that is below $250,000. At 3%, you can afford a house at close to $270,000. And at 2%, you could afford nearly $300,000 property. So an interest rate change from 2% to 4% means that you go from 300,000 down to $250,000. That's basically a change of $50,000 in a course of a few percent on the mortgage. So that's something to keep in mind. With that, I would expect to see that the price of homes are going to start coming down. And again, Fred or Fed from St. Louis is showing that in their chart that we have been steadily climbing up and now we're starting to see that the median price that the median price is starting to turn and so with that being said we can continue to expect to see that the properties are going to start coming down in prices now this is actually very good for those that are potentially looking to buy it. However, the purchase or the cost to carry the debt to purchase that home is going to be even more challenging. So at the end of the day, the purchasers are not much better off, but we are going to see the prices start to come down. Now, one of the interesting things from Redfin that I have also found that I think would be kind of interesting for you to see is the median sale price for all home types is about $382,840 and it's up 15.1% year over year um, as of December 2021. And you can see that even in, in the sort of late 2021, we have started to actually go a little bit sideways, slightly down from where we were in the fourth quarter of 2021. And so I think that that is going to continue to impact us. What that is going to impact is the individuals who have been thinking about potentially selling, but have not necessarily sold. Now, what is the Fed actually saying? So this is coming to us from Reuters. And here's what the Powell said in the news conference. The committee is off a mind to raise a federal funds rate in March meeting, assuming that the conditions are appropriate for doing so. Now, they've been looking at the inflation rate and are basically saying, look, inflation is just simply too high and it's getting worse. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. So one of the pieces that they are looking and Powell being very explicit of sharing is that a key point for him is that with inflation high and now apparently getting worse, they're looking to clamp down on credit and the extraordinary support. This is going to be a year in which we move steadily away from the very healthy, very, sorry. This is going to be a year in which we move steadily away from the very high accommodative monetary policy we put in place to deal with the economic effect of the pandemic. So now what they're looking to do is twofold to look to increase the rate, not once, not twice, but three times in 2022. 
This is why everything has been selling off. And this is why we're seeing anything from NASDAQ stocks to Dow Jones Industrial to um, New York Stock Exchange stuff to crypto to uh, actually even gold took some uh, beating. So just about every asset price has started to go down. And you would think that dollar has started to pick up, but it didn't. Dollar index as well was actually kind of going down. Now, one of the things that they're looking is to continue to hopefully, the hope is that they will increase the rates. And by that, they will curb down the inflation. However, what that will do, of course, many individuals hold their wealth in stocks through uh, their retirement plans. Uh, some, especially newer, younger generation, hold it in, in crypto. Uh, and then a lot of people hold a lot of their wealth in their properties. And so if they have purchased the property at the height of the market, meaning in 2021, then they're looking to potentially be upside down in 2022, not even a year into the property ownership. This is highly problematic. And we've seen something similar to this in 2008, where people were upside down on their mortgages. And so what did they do? Well, they started to walk away. When they started to walk away, the prices continued to dip. As the prices continued to dip, more people were underwater until at some point we kind of crashed. And then what happened? Well, Fed had to swoop in, come in. And of course, the wealthiest of the wealthy, the biggest companies out there benefited as they were able to get easy financing, purchase assets on the cheap and ride a puppy all the way up to the top where they dispose of it to the unsuspecting public that paid the top dollar and now the cycle continues here is what the inflation rate is and as you can see we're looking at the u.s inflation rate over the last five years and it's been you know flirting between two percent a little bit below a little bit above and then it started to kind of come down in 2019 that's when we started to see the repo market come in and we started to see the purchase of that and then the inflation rate started to come up towards the end of 2019 and then of course you know that in 2020 we started the pandemic piece everything dropped down and inflation rate was 0.12 in may of 2020 since then it has been going up steadily and in mid 2021 we hit about five five and a half percent kind of stayed steady-ish for a couple of months and then it picked up steam and now we are above seven percent officially and that's in case you want to see it in a different light here you go here's how you can see what we have been seeing on the average for the year now on the alternative inflation consumer inflation uh, stats we can see that the inflation rate that is being reported is about seven seven point four percent plus minus however shadowstats.com is showcasing and saying look inflation is actually slightly above 15%. So that means that when you are investing in anything, in your assets, uh, when you're getting income from your employer, if you're not getting raises of 15% or more, that means that over time you're losing on your purchasing power.
So if your salary in 2015 was $70,000 and your salary in 2022 is $70,000, you have actually lost a lot of purchasing power. That means that it's much more challenging for you to go out there and obtain things. And that might also explain why a lot of people are very stressed and why people are quitting and saying, you know, forget this. I could afford to do something with 50,000 or 30,000 or 70,000 or 100,000, depending what income steam you got adjusted to. Uh, but now I'm earning the same amount and I can't afford to buy anything. For crying out loud, my five-year-old vehicle actually costs more now than it did when I bought it brand new five years ago. That is crazy. And that is absolutely crazy. And one of the things that I am very passionate about wanting to talk about in this channel is for folks to become aware of how these economic forces actually force us to not or to have a great life. When we are having a steady income, which sounds lovely when the inflation is steady, but inflation typically keeps on going up. And if you have a job that gives you a raise that is half a percent or 1% or maybe 2% if you get lucky, and I know a lot of people in public jobs, in schools, firefighters, police officers, and so on, uh, they are happy when they get half a percent or 1% raise. Well, even in an inflationary period when inflation is 2%, you are losing 1% every single year that you stay with it. So in the in the year when we are 7 to 15%, depending on which methodology you subscribe to, that means you're losing a lot of money, a lot of purchasing power staying with the job, which again, might explain why people are quitting. But of course, you can quit if you want to. My question that comes in of what are people doing? And hopefully, if you are thinking of quitting or maybe not even thinking of quitting, but saying, I need to supplement my income, what are you doing? So there's a few different things that you can and should consider doing. One of it is maybe some sort of side gig, making things and selling things online, starting your own business, which uh, something like this that we just talked about could be starting a business. For me, I like the idea of starting the business and starting multiple businesses if you can obviously potentially one at a time but for me i really like investing not just trading because i i don't have time to keep looking at all of the stuff uh but and and you know one one doesn't know where exactly market is going to go so speculation is much higher at that point but i do like considering what options do I have? So trading could be an option. Investing, I like investing, especially if I can get into an asset that keeps pace with inflation, hopefully beats the inflation, and also gives me passive income to boot. That is what I like about real estate. And so one of the things that I am doing and have been doing and will continue to do is, of course, invest in income producing real estate very different than just buying a primary residence and also am teaching people about it so one of the things that we're going to be doing in the upcoming weeks is to start looking at what are some of the options that you have especially with these prices kind of going down with the interest rates potentially going up it's going to get a little bit more expensive to borrow but there are some of the ways and tools that you can purchase properties at a deep discount when i say deep discount i mean not just on the market price of that average $388,000 that we just witnessed, but actually on the assessed value, the government assessed value 
that is something that governments use for taxes, which in a healthy economy is typically lower, sometimes significantly lower than the market price. So imagine if the market price of a property is say $350,000, assessed value might be say $200,000, and you're able to purchase a property like that for say $50,000. You don't need a super high math to uncover and say, wait a minute, that's actually pretty cool. And I could probably make some good profit doing that. That is actually how I got started in real estate quite a few years ago, right after the uh, last crash in real estate in 2008. And it's a strategy that really has helped me and it works really well. Now, there are caveats within it. There are things you need to learn so you can learn it either by yourself, but making a lot of errors and potentially losing some money or, you know, learn from the folks that are actually doing or have been doing and are doing things that you are thinking of doing. And so that's one of those things that I want to be doing in this channel and share some of the resources with you. Now, if you are interested to learn how to do that right now and you don't have time to waste and you're like, I'm ready. I want to go. I want to be able to retire in my 30s or 40s or 20s even. Hey, I'm OK with all of that. You know, and you're looking for a way to start your own business uh, through investing or whatever else you want to do. Well, then join me on onedealaway.com. So there's a, a lot of different courses that exist there. And one of the most lucrative ones, uh, options that actually exist within real estate is what I teach in real estate on the cheap challenge course. It's a one month course that you can take at your own pace and be able to learn how to do all these different things. And it's actually pretty cool. Um, it's very simple. You go out there, you find a property that is selling at a deep discount. You offer money that you can afford to put down. Once you have it, then you can hold it, you can rent it, you can flip it, you can do whatever you want with it. A lot of the folks, what they'll do is purchase it for a deep discount, say, that $350,000 house that you buy for $50,000 and then flip it to somebody for, say, $250,000. And you can do that all day long because guess what? For you, you just made multiple Xs on your investment. And for the buyer, they're buying an asset that market value is at $350,000, but they're getting basically $100,000 off, which means that they can also afford to bring it up in value. And if they end up flipping it themselves, they too will make money. So it ends up being like a win, 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 win case scenario. And that's what I absolutely love about it. If these kinds of topics are interested to you and you want to learn more about it, make sure you subscribe. And hey, one of the cool things you can do now is send me a voice message. I would love to hear from you of what you think about the show. What are the things that you are interested to learn about? And I would love to be able to give you what you're looking to do. In the meantime, I hope you'll check out the YouTube channel. I hope you check out the website and I look forward to speaking with you next week.